The views expressed in this interview are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Navy, or the Naval Postgraduate School. Welcome to the Trident Room, brewer of stout conversation, unfiltered and on tap. On today's episode of the Trident Room Podcast, Trident Room Podcast host Dan Peterson sits down with members of the Fleet Weather Center in San Diego. Welcome back to the Trident Room Podcast. Uh, I'm Lieutenant Dan Peterson with Lieutenant Colleen Williamton, and we're going to be host, uh, continuing on our second part of our series with Captain Hermsdorfer and Command Master Chief Gene Douglas. Uh, this is really kind of where the education meets operations, and so thank, thank you both for, again, taking time out of your schedule. In the last part of the, the podcast, we talked a lot about the METOC community, uh, the mission of the, the community and how we support the fleet and also educational opportunities that are unique to the, the community as well. So uh, thank you for sharing those. In the second half of this, we're going to kind of dive in a little bit more into the, the human aspect of this and talk about families and, and what role they play in the military. Um, and then also get into some of the dynamics of leadership and the diversity of backgrounds and how you bring those diverse backgrounds into to, to a, uh, a key leadership role and, and what advantages that lends to the command. And lastly, uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch on some of the advice that uh, that you might be able to impart through your years of service to, to some of the younger service members or people who are interested in joining the military. So uh, thanks again for taking time out of your schedule. Happy to do it. Mm-hmm. We know that balancing career and personal life can be challenging and post-COVID we've seen a lot of those challenges arise and uh, be vocalized from even our most junior sailors. How have you managed to maintain a healthy work-life balance throughout your careers? Yeah, it's hard. Let me just say that. It's hard. And I would say that um, uh, in any given day, I am out of balance. But hopefully over the course of a tour and of a career, it does balance out, right? So um, I often say, so I'm married. Um, My my husband is a lawyer for the VA, and uh, we have a a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl. And um, I would say that on any given day, right, um, I I can't be both the best CEO that I want to be and the best mom that I want to be and the best wife that I want to be and the best daughter of aging parents that I want to be, you name it, right? Like any, the best dog owner that I want to be. And so you kind of have to figure out which one of those needs to take the lead, but you have to be willing to shift that and, and to get that balance over the long run. So it can't always be workforce or it can't always be um, family first. It's gotta, that balance has to be um, and over a longer term. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it ebbs and flows day to day, year to year. Um, tour to tour, um, when for, for me, you know, I, so I'm married, um, my wife of uh, 19 years, I have two boys, 15 and 10. Um, there, there are plenty of times where, um, I've had to miss things, um, miss things that I want to be at for the boys. Um, and, but then there's also times where I am probably around a little more than they want me to be. Um, so, you know, it, the, the balance is key and, 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 I think one of the one of the hardest things that I have is paying attention to how long have I been sprinting in this direction, um, and should I turn and, and go in this direction? Like when I say direction, how like if, am I am I running too hard at the command side uh, and letting the family go to the wayside? Um, and uh, and I need help with that. It, you know, sometimes sometimes my wife helps me out with that. Um, 
Captain Mage has helped me uh, do with that as well. Captain Hermsdorfer has helped me with that as well as um, to make sure that I keep focus on, on or, or shift my focus um, to the family a little bit. So, you know, it, it, it's always a learning thing for me and, and, and trying to make the long balance, make the long game balance out um, inside of the, the short game sprints. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic point. When it comes to fa family is a, a great source of grounding. Uh, there's been a number of times uh, through your career and, and mine as well, we shared kind of parallel paths where uh, we operationally will be called to go out the door at a moment's notice. And uh, having that strength and stability in our family uh, to be able to lean on, to know that when I walk out the door that uh, everything's going to be okay is, is, is critical to success uh, as well. Can you kind of lend a little bit towards a personal experience that you may have had where one of those situations arise where you have to walk out the door and, you know, tell the family, hey, I'll be back in a little while? Yeah, well, um, a little twist on that, right? So I was on my O4C tour. I'm on the Eisenhower, and uh, we're pulling back in. It's the day of the command holiday party, and we are literally so close that I can see my car parked by the pier. And uh, the, the CEO of the carrier gets a phone call. Uh, I, I see him, you know, huddle up with a couple other uh, more senior officers. And next thing I know, we're turning the carrier back around and going back out to sea. And um, when I was able to contact my husband, I was like, I don't, I don't know how long we're going back out for. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't quite know um, what we're doing. And, and if I didn't know, I probably wouldn't be allowed to say. And, and he just said to me, what can I do to help? And um, that was incredible. That, that took such a weight off my shoulders just to know that, that he was uh, not only going to be able to um, pick up the load at home, but also that he was willing to do that. And uh, I know not everybody had that experience when they were able to call home. I know some people really got an earful, right? And so um, the fact that my husband was so supportive and, and picked everything up just on a moment's notice while he was going to law school, right, um, was pretty awesome. Yeah, family support is, is, is key. This, this life is difficult, uh, military life, and, and not just for the military member. I, I think it probably, in some cases, is, is harder for, for our spouses, um, who sometimes are military, sometimes are civilian. Um, and, and, um, but, but the support, if you, don't, if you don't have that support, it's hard to do this, to do this job. I, I, th yeah. I think that's that's a critical part about this, and, and I think the military is great at creating a unique environment where family is not just in terms of, of your immediate family, but also your shipmates that you have left and right. And I know that there's been a number of times uh, I was out doing some operational stuff, and I got a phone call that my wife's been taken to the ER, uh, and she had to have her uh, emergency appendectomy. And, uh, you know, there was no time for me to get back to be able to do anything. Uh, but our friends who were out in Hawaii with us at the time uh, called me up and said, hey, uh, you know, we've, we've got this. We, we, you know, my, my son was 18 months old, and so they, they took care of him and my wife. Um, so there's a lot of strength, I think, that comes from the family as the military speaks uh, as well. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. That, so that's, that's, one, that's one thing that I, I tell sailors all the time um, is, is that, you know, you, you start this career in the military, um, and you, you have friends, and, and they quickly grow into family. Um, six years ago, I, I, I went home. Um, I went back to Minnesota for a, for a uh, high school reunion. And, and when I was there, I, you know, I saw all my friends from high school, and I saw uh, them with their kids, and their kids seeing grandma and grandpa you know, every, every day, every week, um, aunts and uncles, cousins. They have interactions with them um, often. 
and and I was like, man, my my kids they see their aunts and uncles once a year, maybe if they're lucky, grandma and grandpa maybe twice, cousins once a year. Um, and, and after thinking about that for a while, um, my my kids have aunts and uncles around the world um, because I, I have um, family um, brothers, sisters um, that aren't blood, but will at the drop of a dime. Um, Drop whatever whatever they are doing to help out help out um, my kids, our kids. Um, so the the longer you do this, um, it it really becomes more than a career, and, and you, it, you know it's 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 kind of fun doing this with family. I think that's a great point because there's a lot of times where as service members we may miss a you know an anniversary or or maybe a Christmas or something along those lines. How has uh, being in the military? How do, how do you manage that when you're you're operationally deployed and you, you're not at home to celebrate those things? How how in the military do you guys uh, kind of overcome those challenges personally? Um, so sometimes it's well, sometimes you just miss it, and it it kind of is what it is. Um, but other times, um, I, I've I've come home from deployment in March, and the Christmas tree's still up, and we're and we open Christmas presents. Um, so, so sometimes you miss it completely, and sometimes um, you just celebrate later or early. I call those holiday extenders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think as as members of the military as well, you know, when we're out as a cohesive unit, uh, you know, we don't often uh, forget the holidays. It's just celebrated a little differently with a little different family flavor to it as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, and and we at the command level, we try to really think about that as we come into different holiday seasons and making something special happen at the command. Because yeah. um, maybe, you know, you're not deployed, but you're not able to get back home. So it may be the first time that you're spending Thanksgiving without your family. So doing something special at the command that, that commemorates the holiday, brings people together, um, that's really important. And that starts what Master Chief was talking about, of, of developing those friendships that turn into family over the long run. Yeah, and with those, you know, command and community families that we build you know we're we all have very diverse backgrounds so like having a sailor who has never celebrated a birthday without their mom and having key programs like the ombudsman um, or other branches have the key spouse uh, that get involved and so we help know our people how has that you know for as parents yourselves um, a lot of our sailors who are entering in now could you know they're our children's age and how are you how do you prepare um, and and observe and get to know your sailors with that parental aspect in, in your mind we do check-ins with every single um, new sailor jo chief anybody uh, new civilian anybody who comes to the command and so that's an opportunity we, we each take 30 minutes out of our, our day uh, for each new person to sit down and get to know them, like find out who's in their family, where are they from, what brought them. I, I love to ask them, to your point about diversity, I like to ask them, like, what path brought you to this table? Because that's so fun for me to be like, this this little tiny table and the, the breadth of people that have, have sat here, right, and the different ways that you get here is just really fun uh, to tease out and then to make those connections. But I think that it starts with that, right? So getting to know them just on a personal level and starting to to then over time, find out more about what makes them tick. Um, so making a safe condition where they they can feel vulnerable and and let you know what they need help with, or let you know when they they've had a real success in their life that they want to celebrate. So it takes time, but I would say that 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 initial um, sit down that um, Master Chief and I really try to prioritize. I think that's step one. And and it, you know, it, 
it sometimes is a little bit awkward when you, when you're first starting to do that. But but I'll tell you what, that nothing put nothing will put a, a smile on I think both of our faces more than when when a sailor will come up and, and share a success that they've had. Um, that work is is pretty cool, but even a, a personal success that they've had is 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 uh, is, is I, for me I think better um, just knowing that they're comfortable enough to share uh, a personal experience in the workplace uh, or a personal success in the workplace with with us. And as as leaders and and understanding kind of the diversity and background, how does that shape the way that you approach sailors and and in the leadership roles that you have is, is coming from their various different backgrounds? How do you formulate that into to leadership that helps support them as sailors? Um, so it take it takes practice and and it takes uh, it's taken some some failures along the way on how to approach uh, how to approach things. Um, but one of the things that I that I think that we need to remember is is just that is that everybody's different. Uh, people tick differently. People take good news, bad news differently, um, and um, how for for both of us as senior members in in the Navy and in our command, um, things that we how we we how we react to something um, could very well change uh, how a sailor um, sees the Navy in general. So. Um, I learned a term recently, uh, psychological safety, uh, where where it's you know to make sure that a sailor feels comfortable to to be able to talk um, talk with us or or any any person in their leadership um, without fear of um, you know blowing up, having a like a a large reaction um, to to bad news. Um, so I think I think keeping keeping that in mind and and making sure that. Um, I've had so I've had I've had quite a few chiefs come into my office and say I got bad news, and then they tell me and I'm like, huh, that's not too bad. We can deal with that. And they're like, wow, I really expected a larger reaction or a bigger reaction to that. And like, you know, it, I've I've learned with age that uh, the size of the reaction isn't going to help uh, solve the problem. So um, trying to keep it calm for for them um, helps get through and fix a, a bad issue easier. Yeah, those are great points. Um, I would say um, on top of that, you know, representation and diversity does matter too. And so, um, and that can be a lot of different forms, whether that's gender or race or whether you're from a small town or a big town, um, college degree, right out of high school, right? All these different things really do matter. And so um, we'll try to pair people up too. We really recommend a mentorship program. And so we will uh, try to pair people up or, or say like, you know, who do we see them talking to a lot? Who do yeah. they seem really comfortable with? And so we'll yeah. say like, hey, let, let's, let's ask uh, their LPO to, to make sure that they got a good plan for the holidays or to make sure that they got uh, a good plan for this big project that's coming up, right? And so, and so some of that, again, is representation, and, and some of that is just kind of trying to know people on, the, on a personal basis and see what makes them tick. I think it's very important. You both have highlighted uh, diversity and, and what the strength it brings to the force. Uh, people with different backgrounds and perspectives to, to the mission uh, kind of create new ways of, of solving problems that we, you know, individually or, or from a specific background may not have had a solution to. And, uh, you know, people's own personal experiences going back to it starts with us really is a strength for the force. And, and I think that's a great point to bring out. 
with that, everyone has their unique approach to leadership. How would you describe your particular style and how it contributes to uh, Fleetweather Center San Diego's San Diego's success or just overall command success? Yeah. So I knew you were going to ask this question, and I really <laughs> had to like think about how to succinctly. Um, and, and, and I thought well, maybe we should answer this about each other. But um, I think um, I really do try to uh, create a collaborative environment, so one that really focuses on teamwork and um, getting good ideas from all levels and then empowering people to make changes or, or to bring up good ideas. So I would say that um, um, collaboration and teamwork is, is at the forefront of my leadership style. Um, my command philosophy is really simple too, right? It's it's work hard, have balance, and kick butt. And so we talk about that a lot, and I try, it, it's basic, sometimes I feel silly saying it, but um, but I think that does encompass a lot of, of what I believe in. I want people to strive every day to be better than they were the day before, um, to make some mistakes, but you grow from them and you pick each other back up. Uh, you got balance, right? So you know what gives you a sense of resilience and you, you invest in that, whether that's family or fitness or spirituality. And then, and then the kick butt, understanding that like, what we do is so important for each other, for the fleet, and we're out there every day making a difference. So I'd say um, between the philosophy and then the focus on, on teamwork and collaboration, um, that's what I try to do anyway. But again, Master Chief probably has a... <laughs> Yeah, different perspective, seeing it from the other side. Yep. No, not at all. You 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 hit it uh, spot on, ma'am. I, I I I agree with uh, with your um, with your I yeah, love your philosophy because it is as simple as it is and effective as it is. Um, also, because it helps me um, it helps me to be able to share that philosophy within the command. Um, my my leadership style. I've never really thought about how to put it into words. <laughs> um, I. I've grown as I get older, um, wiser with age, I suppose. Um, uh, Chief Douglas was probably very loud and, or was very loud and, and trying to, trying to get his point across. Um, I'm now I more so want to see the growth of, of everybody else. I, uh, I kind of let them, um, decide how things are going to, um, how, how they want to do things. And if, uh, it, for, for the, for the most for the most part, if, if it's within Captain Hermsdorfer's intent and it's not illegal and ethical or immoral, uh, I kind of let people do it. I'll, you know, I'll show them some things along the way how I might have done it, um, but I, I more so want I more so want to see um, how they do things um, because man, sailors are smart. Mm -hmm. They will, they, you know, if you if you let them come up with things, they and you know, here's you know, here's what needs to be done. Let let them come up with the how and and, and maybe a little bit of the why. Uh, man, they they surprise me every day. So so letting them do it is 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 a, is a big part of kind of what I like to. I guess is my leadership style. I yeah. don't know how to explain it other than that. I suppose. Master was really really good at knowing when to push people and when to offer support. And I think that that gets to the heart of of helping them grow. As a, as a young AG1 Peterson uh, receiving some of that mentorship from Chief Douglas, I can uh, attest to the, uh, the strategy changes that have evolved over the years <laughs> and speak a little bit to the personal growth of that, too. I just wanted to highlight, uh, you mentioned you know, letting the sailors grow, giving them opportunities. One of the things that, that I love about the meteorology community is that because we are so small, we rely really heavily on each other. I know there are times when um, I have gone and I've asked a first class or I've asked a chief questions, and then I've turned around and I've gone and asked my officer mentors 
uh, you know, maybe the same question or a different question, just knowing, you know, they might have some insight on this that I can use. And I know, Master Chief, you kind of alluded to that, and you mentioned it earlier about not making those same mistakes and where can I go to for help. Um, but that relationship, uh, you know, whether we're an officer, whether we're a junior, senior, enlisted, that we can go talk to each other mm-hmm. uh, is something that I think is just amazing. Um, have you had experiences like that? Um, yeah, so yes. Uh, so the, the, the size of this community is, uh, I mean, there aren't very many people in our community that I, I, I don't know or have not worked with in some way, shape, or form in the past, some more than others, but, um, but um, I'm very comfortable with um, little failures, and, and I'm not ashamed to, to mess up and, and ask for help and learn um, learn from other people. Uh, I also hope that that's the case uh, with other people in our community, that they're not, uh, I, I hope they're not ashamed to to admit that they messed up and, and ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, like, that partnership between, um, well, a triad for me, for us now, right? So I, I love that we're doing the this interview in this format, that it's me and Master Chief sitting here because that triad relationship is so important. So that and, and I would say that's grown over time. Every step along the way, you can have some form of that triad for yourself. So you and your your senior enlisted as the officer and your senior enlisted counterpart, and maybe it's your your um, your LPO or you know there's there's a third member in there who brings some perspective. But being able to have those closed door conversations and say like I have a question about this or I don't know how to handle this, and you, you get on the same page and that that relationship is incredibly invaluable. And so whether that's at the JO level and you got your own version of a triad yeah. or or at like at the official level at the command, um, it's really important. Um, and then and then yeah, reaching out across right. So all the time we'll ask each other like oh what. What yeah. what is what does somebody else say about this, right? Like yeah. especially like if we if we have the same good idea and we're really excited about it, sometimes like what are we missing? Maybe we should reach out and ask yeah. somebody else what they think about yeah. this. Um, but yeah, having those contacts, uh, having those connections that you form over time, I feel like they allow you to to ask those questions and admit when you you're struggling with something or have made a mistake and, and letting people help. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we talked a little bit about diversity too, and I want to I want to kind of wrap that into the conversation about leadership at the beginning of, of the previous podcast. We talked a little bit about uh, Captain, your background as as an aviation and and Master Chief has spent quite a bit of time of uh, in naval special warfare. How do you take those two different backgrounds and and work them together in play off of the strengths that that have come from being developed in that kind of culture? How do you how do you pull those strengths together as leaders? So something I think is really fun about it too is it's not just the mission set that's different. There are different cultures and different ways that you tackle problems within the different communities, right? And so um, I, I think that is actually something that has given us a lot of strength is like um, saying like, oh, well, this is how I used to see things kind of be tackled. Um, I'll say like on the aviation side, like I'd never seen anyone get an LOI, right? Or or some of the paperwork that... that um, that some of the other communities will go right to. And so hearing somebody say like, no, 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 this is a really a tool in your toolkit and here's why. And it, it doesn't have to be this huge uh, scarlet letter, letter that you're putting on somebody's on somebody's chest. And so um, just bouncing those different ideas about how you tackle leadership challenges, not just um, how you do the mission set, I think has been fun and valuable. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, Learning from Captain Hermsdorfer and 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 this, the strengths in, in her her leadership styles from um, 
a lot of her experience or uh, experiences are things that I haven't had. You know, as a, as an aviator, uh, um, her time on her time on the ship. Um, I, I will baffle all your minds right now. I haven't been on a ship, uh, deployed on a ship since 2003. Um, so, so, so she brings a lot of those experiences that I that I do not have. Um, when, when, you know, when we talk about challenges and things within the command, um, I look at it from a, um, sometimes a, a, a carrying a hammer perspective, um, just because in, in, in a lot of time in the NSW community, um, a lot of times the the harder voice or the harder uh, decision becomes becomes the easier decision um, so and, and I tend to take a more straight line um, straight line or maybe sometimes consider the easier line uh, to get something complete and and just having uh, having a having a, a, a sounding board and and with uh, with Captain Hermsdorfer and, and even with uh, Commander Marino as the XO um, having different perspectives is, I think helps us ultimately lead the command in the best direction overall. Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to the XO who's not here. Uh, he's holding down the fort back down in San Diego. So, I mean, that just speaks volumes to itself of, of the communication and strength that you, you guys have as a, as a triad. Uh, you can get us there up here and, and doing a change of command and, and he's down there holding the fort. So I know we would have loved to have been on this as well. I think you, you also bring up the, you know, the, the, the A to B kind of my mentality. And I, I think uh, a lot of us get wrapped up in, in the shortest distance to the answer, um, which isn't always the most effective way to get to the answer. And yeah. I think that's, that's great that you are able to balance that out as, as leadership. Uh, Ma'am, you mentioned, you know, issuing a letter of instruction and making those difficult decisions. How have you, as those has as those have come up in your careers, approached that problem and used your leadership style to go through the process. Yeah, so I talked about collaboration being something that I'm big on. So when we when we know that we've got a difficult conversation that we have to have with someone, whether it's an officer or an enlisted member or civilian, a lot of times we'll have a closer conversation with a triad and we'll say like, what's our goal for this? What are the points that we need to make and what's our goal? so that we can stay focused on that, have the person come in, have a meaningful conversation, help lead them in a direction that they're gonna grow. But that collaboration of like, what do we wanna get out of this and, and how do we shape that conversation um, is, is, especially when you've got something that um, you're having to do a letter of instruction or, um, or a, a mass, like a non-judicial punishment. So we really do take a step back and as a team talk about the why. Uh, and also, you know, we, um make sure when, when we're having that conversation is is you know everything is every situation is differently so you, so you can't always um, it's not always the same um, outcome but um, one of the things that we we do I think we do a good job at is is, is if in a similar situation situation um, would we would we handle it similarly similarly with another sailor in that same situation because um, that that's that's important is you know the, the fairness piece of it so so as leaders what are some of the, the challenges that you have faced and in, in decisions that you've had to make um, that kind of have, have shaped or affected you as, as leaders uh, in your positions there are a lot I mean there really are a lot so any any ad step that I've ever had to do anytime anytime you have to separate someone from the service that there's a huge weight that goes along with that especially because um, you know that they've just changed the trajectory of their life and um, and it's sad to kind of see them have to close the door on some opportunities that would have otherwise been there. So there's a lot of weight involved in that. 
Um, I'd say other like challenging decisions that you have to make, like if you're deciding like you've got you've got a team that you have to fill, and uh, and and everybody's got something different going on in their life, right? Like maybe uh, somebody's spouses uh, they're expecting their first child, and somebody else uh, their their parent is ill, and somebody else uh, I don't know, has a financial situation that they're dealing with, right? Like and and trying to figure out like okay, but we still have a mission to get done, so. Who can we pick out of out of this group, and and how do we support them uh, once we make that decision? Yeah, the that that's one of the one of the hardest parts is is to remember. You know, while we have a mission um, to to um, maintain, is also the the human side of, of of every decision, or the human the somebody is being affected in some way, shape, or form. Um, and uh, one of the things that I think keeps keeps it keeps us successful is um, giving the why sometimes, you know, when a decision is made to, to use this person by somebody else's is, is why, and, and what is the goal, um, the end goal in, in, in completing the mission while, um, making sure we have the, the right, the right sailor, um, and, and maybe even the less impact. Cause sometimes, sometimes you, you're not going to get somebody t to fulfill that part of the mission. There, there's going to be some impact, but who, how do we do it with the least amount of impact to a uh, sailor's personal situation? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, families are a critical part of, of, of leadership as well, because, you know, we, we all have bad days where we have to make decisions that we, we you know, we, we wouldn't want to under ideal situations. And, and, you know, going home and carrying the burden of those decisions, uh, you know, our families are a great strength of, of again, grounding us back to, to being able to execute the mission and uh, remember the purpose and, and, and what we're here to do. Um, and understand that decisions that are made are, are for the overall good of, of the, you know, the mission and also for those individual sailors along the way. Uh, you mentioned previously, ma'am, about uh, your command vision. So what, what are some of the command goals or priorities that you have in the upcoming year? Well, some of them are nuts and bolts and some are, are, are a little more philosophical, but uh, nuts and bolts, we are, we're, um, renovating our watch floor and so getting the team back on the watch floor I think that's huge right and giving them a, a space that is world-class to do their world-class mission um, so that, that one is you know a little bit more of just some project management um, and then a little bit more philosophically um, we talked about the different commands that fall underneath Fleet Weather Center San Diego and that hasn't always been the case so developing our role is what's called the ISIC the immediate superior in command and developing that mindset of we're there to help those subordinate commands, but also balancing that against our mission. So just continuing to mature in that mindset and become better at, at being an ISIC, I think are, are sort of the, uh, the two things, two of the, <laughs> the many things yeah, that we're talking yeah. about a lot, but um, yeah, getting the watch floor done and then continuing to mature in that role. Yeah, and also, uh, you, you know, we, we've talked about a little bit about uh, the, the tools available to sailors um, and, and to con continuing to improve what's available to them to buy them time back. Um, at, um, I, I think that's another another vision moving forward is, is just getting getting better tools for, for the sailors to use while doing their job. Yeah, and we're doing that in alignment with our sister center. So the Fleet yeah. Weather Center Norfolk. Yeah. So just continuing that um, that that battle rhythm of talking to them every week so that we're, we're making similar decisions where uh, we're we're using a unified voice. I'd say that's that's another thing that um, we've done a lot in the past few years, and just continuing yeah. that effort as well, keeping yeah. the two centers aligned. 
I, I think that's you hit a, a amazing point with that, Master Chief, as well with with the integration of technology and a lot of the the you know the, the new people into the military uh, are bringing a lot of creativity and a lot of experience with uh, different capabilities, especially with artificial intelligence. And uh, they have a lot of unique perspectives on how to improve uh, our capabilities at mission. So, you know, again, they're really the key to the success in, in a lot of what we face. Yeah, I, so we're, the Navy is a learning organization, um, and, and these younger, the younger generation of sailors and, and the things that they know and the things that they can do uh, with an iPhone, for crying out loud, uh, right, is, is, is amazing. So ma just maintaining the fact that we are a learning organization and being willing to, to um, take the recommendations and, and, and see if they can work in an operating environment is, is huge. Um, it's not always. It quite often it's it's a long game when when a good idea comes and and, and we're like and we're working towards getting it um, to use uh, on the, on the watch floor, uh, but but absolutely like being open to and, and willing to learn and, and and take that up and 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 work towards um, all these new you know these new tools to um, for them to use. Um, it's just the frustrating side is that it's 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 not something that we can just flip a switch and man that's a great idea we're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, we have, you know, we have to go through the processes to make it an official, um, um, either program of record or just a tool under another uh, venue that we can get that on the watch floor for them to use. I think it's amazing to see the pace at which technology is developing and, and the skills that are being brought into the military from, from new service members and, and their background through education that they're learning. And I mean, my kids out operate systems faster than I do these days, so it's pretty pretty awesome to see the skills that they bring. With the, with the integration of new technology and the pace that it's coming into the fleet and, and into our world, um, how do you envision the METOC community in the future and, and what does that look like? Well, I think like Master Chief said, like being a learning organization and working with sailors and, and JOs who are just so smart, uh, I think they're going to take it to a place that I can't even envision, <laughs> first of all. Um, but I think um, what I would love to see is, is again, uh, a tool set that is the same whether you're at sea or ashore, so that once you get really good at using it, then you get to use your craft, use your expertise, and just continue to, to use it better and better and get more capability out of it. So that's that's a direction that I'd like to see, is that um, we're moving in a direction where we've got a, a world set, a world-class suite of tools, but they're the same whether you are forecasting at a fleet weather center or out on yeah. uh, one of the amphibs or carriers. Yeah. I, th I think that the uh, Navy as a whole and, and operations, uh, you know, its decision-making is, is really where uh, the value is added in the META community and the direction that we're continuing to move is, is just to, to shorten that timeline to be able to make critical decisions in a more timely, more accurate way. And I think uh, with the integration of technology, we're seeing a lot of that happen uh, throughout the fleet of getting to the decision uh, in, in the right decision the fastest. Um, Thank you guys for, for your time today and, and coming out and sharing with us. But I, I didn't want to leave uh, without getting to, to some advice uh, and, and some wisdom to be shared and imparted. So what's some advice or, or uh, some lessons that you would share with someone who is thinking about potentially joining the military? If, you're, if, you, want to, if you want to join the military, um, be prepared for change. Um, 
in in this in this uh, I, I think it doesn't matter what branch of service uh, you know you 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 spend some time in a location you do a job and then and then you you promote and then they you promote so to a position that they think you can do the next job better uh, and you move to another location um, so it, it's a it's a life of change uh, it's just something you got to get comfortable with um, but it's a good thing you know it's um, with with change comes learning so um, you're always going to be learning something new a new job new location um, new people um, in, a, in a bigger family yeah that's awesome Master Chief. Um, I think um, what I would tell them is um, that the military will give you uh, an adventure like you just cannot have anywhere else, right? So what, and whether it's driving an aircraft carrier through the Suez Canal or um, deploying to Afghanistan and jumping out of C-130s like Master Chief did, right? I mean, it is, it is just something that you, you cannot do anywhere else. And so what I would say is like, try it for a little while. Try for a little while, have an adventure, um, get some uh, great benefits while you're at it, and uh, and if it sticks and you, you develop a lifelong um, passion for it or, or calling for it, then then uh, yeah, stay around until for for a full career. But I'd say yeah, it's an adventure. Give it a go, and uh, and you you won't be sorry for the experiences that you had or the connections that you made. Thank you so much for sharing your unique perspectives and insights on uh, not only the military, but the fact that we are a STEM uh, aspect mm -hmm. of the military and what both of those fields uh, combined can do. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time out of, the, the, of your schedule and, and really sharing the human unique experience of being in the military and what it means as a person uh, and how you as a person and as a leader have really helped to kind of shape the, the Navy as an organization and also the meteorology community. So thank you both for your time today and, and sitting down with us. Thank you both for the opportunity. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us in the Trident Room. For more information about today's guests and topics, please visit the show notes. The Trident Room has been brought to you by the Naval Postgraduate School Alumni Association and Foundation. For questions, comments, and suggestions, please email us at tridentroompodcasthost at nps.edu and find us online at nps.edu slash tridentroompodcast.